So, we began a new series last week of God in Action. Our own David Waters begun it talking about this living God who cares for us. Now today we're going to be moving forward and thinking about this God who speaks to us. And in many respects that's a bit of an odd theme because who actually knows what God sounds like? Does he sound like Barry White? Does he sound like Graham Campling? Does he sound like Mr Bean? Who knows? Well, there are many ways in which we can hear God through reading scriptures or praying to him. But today we're going to be finding out other ways in which he can speak to us. In fact, if I went through them all, we would probably be here all morning. Now, someone who gained a lot of media attention over the last few years is a musician called Mike Passenger. Um, has anyone heard of him? Not a lot of media attention, it seems. <laughs> now, he released a song last year which underlies the problem of trying to find God's word in a world that seems to say a lot. Throughout the song, he describes the turmoil he is going through and trying to find himself. The opening words are, I've got open eyes and an open door, but I don't know what I am searching for. Does that describe how you're trying to find God right now? The God who is everywhere, yet at times can be incredibly difficult to find. Now, I don't know about you, but there is so much going on in this busy and hectic world that actually sometimes we just need to take a sit back, take a deep breath and pray. Pray we can avoid the winds, the earthquakes and the fires, but instead find the silence. Silence that will give us peace, calmness and rest so that God can work in you, so that God can speak to you. The roles he has for each and every one of us here on this earth is going to be satisfied one day. And God willing, we will be able to see that through to completion. Do you know what God is calling you to do today? We are looking at the third chapter of Exodus where Moses sees the burning bush and God speaks to him through it. Now to give a bit of context of the situation he was in, the Israelites were crying out to God to give them that freedom from slavery in which they were in. The pharaohs had come and gone but yet they were still bound by the chains of slavery. Now, the pharaoh Ramses had kept them in their place and this wave of despair had crashed upon all of them. Were they ever going to be free again? Now, despite all the pleas and the prayers going up to God to ask him to release them, Yahweh was working in Moses, a mere shepherd and a murderer, no less, but yet in time was going to be one of the great Jewish heroes. Moses himself was adopted into the Pharaoh's family after being seen in the River Nile. So for the first few years, he was living in royalty. It was when a Moses, when a Moses, when Moses kills a guard, his experience of royalty ended and he actually became an outlaw as a result of it. Even in this short introduction 
there is this great message for all of us that it does not matter what your background is, God can use whoever for his glory. As we already know, Moses was a murderer. Noah was a drunk. Jacob was a liar. Even the disciples fell asleep when they should have been praying. Which makes you think, when are you going to stop thinking that God cannot use you? When are you going to stop thinking that? It was one day when Moses was tending to his sheep that God called him to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And it's the words of Exodus chapter 3 that we will be asking the question, how does God equip us for a service and guide us through his will? Now that's way up the first point. How does God equip us for a service? On face value, we could say that Moses was not prepared. After all, he was hardly a shepherd. Not really in a position of power. Yet there is more to it than that. We know that when Moses was under the Pharaoh's wings in his younger year, he would have been trained in statecraft and law. In addition, because he was in immediate contact with the Pharaoh Ramses, he would have already witnessed the discipline of power. Now, how many leaders can you think of today who have had that power, but yet it has messed them and it's caused difficulties and political problems? So, in a way, Moses was already trained for what God needed him to be. So, what are your talents? What are you trained to do? So of what we know about Moses already, he was one of the prophets, uh, one of the Pharaoh's own, until he killed an Egyptian, and he had to go into hiding because of it. You could consider him a rebel outlaw for defying the law of the Pharaoh. You wouldn't call that a traditional view of Moses, would you? Now one day he decides to help some young girls uh, collect water for a flock of sheep and as a result is brought into the family, even marrying and having kids with one of the daughters. Perhaps not the best pickup tip I've ever heard, but I could probably learn a few things from that. And here is our next point. God is going to move you to a place where you are ready for service. Now, if Moses hadn't married one of the girls, he wouldn't have been tending to the sheep, and hence, he wouldn't have seen the burning bush. He was, for want of a better cliché, in the right place at the right time. How often does that happen to you? So from here, how does God guide us? When Moses saw the burning bush, he commented that it was still burning. Now, in the Arabian Peninsula, it's quite common for bushes just to be set alight because of the sheer intensity of the heat. So the fact that he noticed that the bush was not dying meant he must have been looking at it for quite some time. You could say, in fact, that the burning bush was one of the earliest miracles in the world. But what makes this incident so special was that the angel appeared to him. You see, fire has a special emphasis throughout Scripture in Hebrews 12. It says our God is an all-consuming fire. The second chronicle says how after Solomon prayed fire, or rather how Solomon prayed, fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offerings, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. You could say that the fire from the sun is filling this hall just today. 
one might even comment is glorious. Now, of course, in the second chapter of Acts, second chapter of Acts, the disciples were anointed with the Holy Spirit, with tongues of flames dancing all around them, as well. Now, Peter Pett once said this. To the ancients, such a manifestation was a combination of the inexplicable and beneficial, dangerous and yet vital. It had no form and yet could be seen even in darkness. It benefited many and yet could consume him. It was glorious and awe-inspiring and then in a moment it can be gone. In manifestation, in manifestation, it brought home something of the significance of the divine. Now when God speaks to us, you could say it is fire imbibed. It might be inexplicable to us at first, yet beneficial. Dangerous our task may be, certainly it was for Moses, and yet vital in the story of the human race. Voice obviously doesn't take a physical form, yet you can hear it through the darkness. Now the voice and will of God will benefit many, if not all, and to be consumed in a holy fire is a blessing. Glory and awe-inspiring is his word, but moments later we can find ourselves alone, perhaps anxious of a task at hand. It makes you wonder, what do you think was going through Moses' mind after God had called him to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? How would he feel, do you think, in those brief moments after them? Now, to hear the voice of God is one of the greatest blessings that we can possibly have in this life. It gives us an identity. It shows us belonging, recognition, and the tasks that we are given are blessed by God. And he, after all, holds all wisdom and understanding. Now, the fact he imparts this knowledge upon us is a declaration of trust. And hopefully, we will complete the task. Why would you think he gave you this task if he did not think you were ready? You might say, I've got enough going on in my life. I don't need extra work. And, you know, that's fair enough. I, you know, I can completely understand with that. You know, Moses had a wife. He had children. He had sheep to tend to. You know, God's only going to give you what he knows you are capable of, only what he knows is not going to damage you as a result of it. So always be listening for God's word. Keep a careful eye out for the miracles that go on. Moses was tending to his sheep when he was called by God to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Samuel was called in the middle of the night to be a prophet. Abraham was called by God to kill his son Isaac. When God called them, they all replied, Here I am. They were ready to serve him, to lay their lives down for him. So I ask you now, are you ready to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing to lay your life down for him? So to finish off, going back to the song, Passenger said in his final verse, You see, all I need is a whisper, 
in a world that only shouts. And particularly, that can be one of the greatest difficulties we can have, particularly this week when we've had the news of Charlie Hebdo. You know, just this morning, there was uh, bombings, if I remember rightly, in the Middle East again. There's all this violence and there can be this difficulty. But how is God working in that? In all the explosions, on the noise, we're looking for that silence. We're looking for that way in which God is working in that. How is he going to use that for his glory and for, hopefully, the world's benefit? He can call at any time and anywhere. So always be ready to listen. Listen. 